0: Listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast
1: Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show. I'll be your host this week, Ali. You can follow me on Twitter at FFDynastyGrill. Grill. With me as always is my amazing, beautiful co-host, Kev. You can follow on Twitter at Dynasty underscore goat. How are you doing tonight, Kev? Good evening. Ali, how are
0: you? Um, no, I'm I'm doing really good, thank you very much. Um it's it's the best two of uh fantasy world card dynasty tonight. Obviously, no Matt. Um we've got the grill and goat, so it's gonna be a, a fiery show. We've got a firing to talk about early on, but um yeah, some some brilliant names to discuss tonight as well. So Looking forward to getting into that with
1: you. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, thank you. Um, fantasy was okay this week. Not not the best. Much better last week, but we're still hanging in there. We're still uh, we're still fighting, fighting away like the Buccaneers. We're hopefully getting ourselves back <laughs> oh, in contention. Already started. <laughs> uh, yeah. So so with that, you will notice that Matt is not here this week, as Kev has just mentioned. Bit like his Giants, he's taken a bye week this week, so <laughs> hopefully back next week, ripping up the the Houston Texans. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you soon, Matt. And I've got a, a shout out to do tonight, Kev. We can't continue Ooh. the show without mentioning Hannah Rowland, part of the the Fantasy World Card Rewind crew, yes. absolutely smashing it in the Scott Fish Bowl. Um, I've seen you and Matt are doing pretty good in the Scott Fish Bowl, I'm doing absolutely terribly. But but Hannah Rowland, too, you can follow on Twitter at Han Rowland, is up to 20th on the leaderboard out of what wow, three thousand. That is absolutely fantastic. for her first time as well, she's absolutely smashing it. So we are gonna follow her journey for from right now to the playoffs through to the the title, and she's gonna take it home back to back to Britain. So well done to Hannah.
0: Yeah, to, to be in that top one percent on your first ever um appearance in the tournament is is truly fantastic and um yes yeah, you've got a better chance than, than than definitely than me of winning it this year so yeah just uh well done to Hannah and keep it up and bring it home for not not for the UK bring it home for fancy fantasy wild card <laughs>
1: <laughs> definitely the wild card so yeah well done Hannah um and we'll we'll move on to to some big news this week there's been the second head coach firing and Kev, the Indianapolis Colts, have said they've had enough of this guy. Frank Reich, given his marching orders after a dismal game against the Patriots. Um, they've obviously installed Jeff Saturdays, their, their interim head coach. I think he was an ESPN analyst, if I'm not, not wrong. Um, it, it's uh, it's going to be really interesting what goes on this week, and especially going forward. We are a dynasty show, so we'll talk about the dynasty implication of that. Um, so, Kev, what what are your initial thoughts? Because it only happened, I think, what yesterday. Um, yeah, just talk us through. You're obviously the Frank Reich expert, being the the Eagles <laughs> the Eagles legend. So, yeah, to sum up your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I mean, initially the thoughts uh, come to sort of the owner Jim Merce, uh, the fact that he was he made Frank Reich put Sam Hillinger in the lineup. Um, so, I think after that, the writing was on the wall that he's been undermined and he's not controlling the team. Um, so it's not a shock that he's gone. I think he will find a job really soon because he was a top-class coach at the Eagles and then uh, doing a pretty good job, I think, with the Colts overall. Um, they lost a couple of close games to beat the Chiefs early on this season, which um, knocked me out of the survival pool, which was uh, disgusting. But um, But, yeah, QB-wise, they've got to be, considering going back to Matt Ryan, I think, just are they going to embrace the tank and rest jonathan taylor matt ryan and play centerlinger but people i guess the colts fans do want that because they want to get as high up the board as possible as talks of long-term rebuilds including marvin harrison's son and uh <laughs> peyton manning's i don't know if it's his brother or son or something is that all but uh the one in arch manning but yeah i think qb wise you got to see a change there um but The interesting spin I'm going to take on QB is Carson Wentz. Now, that might be a bit of a shock to people that I'm talking about Carson Wentz, but a lot of the hate for Wentz is the fact he got a second chance in Indy and he lasted one season. His good mate, Frank Reich, got rid of him, it seemed. But this, to me, it feels like Jim Irsay's pulling the strings a little bit and maybe it wasn't Frank Reich's decision. Maybe it was coming from above him. And that gives me maybe a little bit more hope on Carson Wentz that... Yeah, he did get hounded out of Philly through through his own fault in part, but also uh, there was a statue of his backup outside the stadium, so you can understand why he was a little bit um, upset about that. So, yeah, Carson Wentz is an interesting one that I've got a little bit more hope in just because it feels like his mate didn't give up on him; it's just the owner gave up on him instead. So, um, yeah, that's me on QB. What's your thoughts on um, on running back?
1: Uh, running backs a bit a bit more simple to be honest. It we we know that the Colts are a pretty dismal team after the way they start the season. Obviously beat the Chiefs as you mentioned unbelievably, <laughs> um, but since Jonathan Taylor's picked up that injury, Matt Ryan's was also injured and then didn't play very well. Um, stuck the Ellinger in at quarterback. We know it's only going to go one way for the Colts. They're miles out of first place in that that division now. I think the Titans are absolutely running away with that. So. Are they going to look to the future? Well, who knows? But in terms of running back, Jonathan is gonna he's gonna surely play unless they're just going into full tank mode. Um, he needs to get himself better and 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 healthy. Um, but for for fantasy, uh, in the short term, you you've still got to play him because you, you drafted him high, you've got him got a lot of value on on your team. Um and then long term as well, do you look to to move off him right now or it's risky because he's value is a lot lower right now than it was the start of the season. Um is there a possibility to trade to trade for him? Well, if you get him at the right price, that seems like a pretty decent move. Um he's still a he's still a very young running back with a lot of decent future. Um but what are the Colts going to look like going forward? Um it's going to be a big clear out. That is the GM going to lose his job? Who who's actually going to be there to rebuild this this organization? Um I always thought it was a pretty stable organization, to be honest, and yeah. I, I like Frank Reich. I absolutely would love him to come and be the the OC of the Buccaneers, or even take over <laughs> as head coach. Um, the fact we've got Muppets in charge, but um, but yeah, in terms of running back, it's not really panic mode for Jonathan Taylor. It was already looking a pretty dismal season anyway, but he's got he's still got a bright future. So um, that that's running back. In Terms of wide receivers, Kev, um, it's not looking. Too rosy for them, but how would you how would you sum up for dynasty?
0: Yeah, I just think it's going to be a big worry for wide receivers and tight end. The fact that they've lost the head coach, they're probably going to lose the GM that drafted them as well. So you're going to get a completely new regime, new head coach, new GM, and guys like Michael Pittman, like Alec Pierce, who've had pretty decent draft capital. You wonder there's no ties to them. Are they going to become secondary and? uh and and tertiary options in the offense rather than uh, one and two as such so yeah i would be a little bit apprehensive about going out and thinking yeah it's going to be all great for for these younger guys um wide receiver and tight end i'd I'd probably just play a little bit safer i think like you mentioned on taylor there's no concern there really um you you can't really be selling him well if if his value does dip um, he's one you've got to hold, but it does pose a question. If you are a win-now team, is there any any pivots you've got for this season? Because it could end up being a lost season. that could end up sitting him a little bit longer and playing it safe with him. So that's the main question you've got with Taylor. Will he sit? If you don't think he'll sit, you've got to keep him. But that's the, the burning question, I guess. But Other than that, yeah, pretty apprehensive about these young pieces that have, have shown and might not shine in a new regime.
1: Certainly. Uh, We've seen it time and time before when new regimes come in, new coaches come in, they want to bring their guys in. If they don't believe in the guys that are ready there, they're going to ship them out of town. So I I was pretty high on Alec Pierce. I've got him in quite a few places and and obviously Michael Pittman. Everyone's high on Michael Pittman. So it'd be interesting to see what the values are like going forward. Is there trade opportunities or do you want to pivot off them if you are contending? Mm -hmm. So with that, we'll move on to the, the main part of the today's show. We're going to be reviewing week nine of the NFL season. We're halfway through the season, Kev. It's pretty unbelievable. Scary. We're gonna be it is scary. We're gonna be highlighting players that stood out to us and discussing a couple of trades to establish their all important all important dynasty value. So without further ado, over to you, Kev. We'll start with uh, this week's league or not sorry, league winner, but match winner. <laughs> <laughs> well, <a> league winner. <laughs> could be a league winner. Yeah, this this guy like he's he has got a bit of a, a bit
0: of a history, a bit of a reputation for being a bit of a bully against the, the weaker teams, having these bloke games where everything's sort of in his in his favour to do so. Um so for him to have the running back one on the week type of week, it's not a shock. Uh, I'm talking about Joe Mixon, fifty-five point one fantasy points, five touchdowns. Truly incredible week, best week we've seen since Alvin Kamara a couple of Christmases ago, um, or two Christmases ago, whatever. Um, with said it's moving up to running back two on the season, purely on points scored, but actually if you go a little bit deeper and do it on fantasy points per game, which I think Kosti's not had his buy yet, he's got it this week. Um, he's running back six, which is still really good, um, but without a 55-point fantasy production. He's obviously a lot lower than that. I think the thing that's really impressed me with Mixon is the catch pace that he's on for 72 catches this season. His previous best in total was 43, so really nice to see him being used in the past game more. He's fourth in running back receptions. He's also second in routes run and route percentage, so... Uh, really positive from that point of view. And that's that's obviously factoring in guys like Tegan's has missed time. Jamar Chase has missed time as well. So that might not be 100% true, but it's still a lot better than he's previously been undergoing. Now, the reason that he's so high in fantasy is because two things, volume and opportunity. He's top four in snaps, in carries, targets and red zone touches. But he's got really poor efficiency. Things like yards, created, etc., cetera, uh, are really poor. So he's actually getting by on a, a mega situation, a mega workload in a great offence. Um, I think if we, if we just look back in time a little bit, he's, he's obviously talented. He's been a top 13 running back three times before. He's on his way to a fourth season doing that. So I think you can consider him really safe, really steady with that workload, that volume, the situation he's in. Um, he is 27 next July. He's a free agent in 2025. But the way his contract is, it's year to year now. I don't personally see the Bengals moving on from Mixon while well, they've got this window with Burrow, Chase and Higgins on contracts. contracts. So I think the Bengals is a happy place for at least until the end of next season with Mixon. So you can be really confident with, if you're a contender, keeping him. If you're a retooling side, keeping him for another push next season as well. So there's no no panic buttons in my eyes, despite him being twenty six. Uh, keep trade cut, I've got him running back 11, I've got him a little bit higher, running back 9, I think you're a similar, similar spot to that, but yeah, I think Mixon, while before this game, it wasn't looking a great year for him, I think, just based on the situation, the workload, the past game work, and uh, just sort of the fact that he, he had a few injury concerns early on his career and he's, he's not really had that for the last Year and a half, so I think we can be really confident in him. And I'm interested to hear what you've got to say on him.
1: <laughs> well, we're not going to victory lap it because obviously he <laughs> had the massive week, but we've always been higher than consensus on on Joe Mixon, despite him. I suppose getting up there in age, he's reaching that age where a lot of dynasty players like to move off their running backs and uh, refresh them into to younger younger players. But but yeah, we're certainly seeing. Joe Mixon absolutely dominate right now and that that offense is absolutely humming you mentioned it there he's obviously getting a lot more targets right now more than more than he's ever got and is it because of the chase injury I I tend to think that a lot of it is um but just looking at his his stats he's got nine targets inside the 20 which is second in the NFL only behind Austin Eckler. Um, absolutely money if you got him in, in fantasy. Um, I did mention he's going to be a, a league winner, and certainly the more time that Jamar Chase misses, then I think that that's going to be the case. Um, and then he leads the league in t- rushing attempts inside the 10 yard line. So the Bengals aren't always looking for T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and their tight ends. Um, they're rushing it up the middle, and he's got 25 rushing attempts inside the 10, which is six more than, than any other running back. So, um, you're absolutely dominating. Um, and just before this week you mentioned it's not been all rosy he's only had three total touchdowns before this week so it was looking a bit iffy for for mixing but the opportunities have been there um just go back to last year by by this time he'd had seven touchdowns before before week nine so um we knew that he had so many touchdowns last year It was whether he could keep up that rate this year um and it, it just felt fortunate how it is with Higgins and Jamar Chase that the opportunities have fallen to him and as you mentioned he has been volume dependent um just 3.87 yards per carry on the ground is not not great but while he's getting this volume and there's there's nobody behind him to share the work it's absolutely fantastic um and so yeah he's going to continue to be that while Jamar Chase is out and we don't know when Jamar Chase is going to come back uh I think it opens up a a sell opportunity for me if I think you've, you've touched on it to be honest Kev if you're if you're not competing and you're not retooling, if you are into a proper rebuild, I think it's a great opportunity to to sell Joe Mixon for for really high high value and get just go someone for someone like like a Javante, like a Bree, someone on, on IR is is how a lot of us like to, to look at it. And you can probably get something on top as well, the way it's why it's playing out. So um with that, we'll move on to the, the dynasty trade. So trade situation one, Kev, I can offer you Joe Mixon. Plus a second for Brees Hall. What side of that trade are you on? I think with, with the sort of age gap in in the running backs, it, a lot will depend
0: on where you're at. If you're a top five team, I don't think you can hold Brees Hall. Like you've, you've got to be looking to move that asset to something that's going to help you win right now while you've got a, a shot at winning. Whether that be a younger running back like Travis Etienne, you might want to do that. But Joe Mixon... um if I'm in with a sniff, I'll take the Mixon side and lose a little bit on Breesol and play into the the, the facts of the, the injuries and maybe it's not 100% uh, perfect. So I'll take the, the mixing and the second side just purely on um, sort of your, your middle of the road or your, your, your win-now teams.
1: Kev taking a pick side, it surprises me. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, Trace Larry 2. So Joe Mixon or Damian Pierce and a 23 second. Right, well, I'm not taking the pick side on this one, so <laughs> you'll be pleased to hear that. Um,
0: yeah, I think Damian Pierce has done fantastically well, uh, better than a lot of people's expectations. Even people that had him high in the in the rookie rankings, there's no way the ranking where he's currently going to keep Jay Cut. So uh, yeah, Joe Mixon with something on that one. I think he's quite quite far ahead of Damian Pierce in that second, even though he's a 23 second. I think Damien Pierce is a little bit of a of a, a mirage, a bit of an oasis, a bit of a figment of the imagination.
1: Yeah. Day three running back. We tend to try and stay away as best as we can and not get too much, too much hope into them. Uh, the third one is Joe Mixon and a 23 first or Austin Eckler.
0: You're a naughty boy. You know, my <laughs> feelings on Austin Eckler. Um, I've got Eckler ranked really high. Um, top three mm-hmm. in my rankings currently for dynasty despite him being 27 years old so this is this is a really tough one i think i i would take the Mixon and 23 first side on this just because Eckler's at peak he's getting a lot of a lot of receptions due to the fact that alan and williams aren't there uh he's his touchdowns are high, but it was on a similar pace last season, uh, both rushing and receiving. So I just feel this is peak Eckler. If I'm getting a swing at a 23 first, give me that. And I'd fancy Mixon to get pretty close to, uh, to Ekler next season, which is, if you're taking the first, you're probably looking at next season being a bigger push than this.
1: Yeah, completely agree. I'll, I'll take the Joe Mixon side. Um, I don't think if he's on his current pace at the minute, Joe Mixon is not going to be too far away from Austin Eckler come the end of the season. So to get that first, even if it's the last pick in the first round, you're going to get a really decent prospect with, with some really good value. So, so with that, we'll move on to, to my selection and I'll go for a quarterback um, who is possibly in the MVP race, according to some people over Twitter and in the, the NFL media, I'm going for Tua. Um, Absolutely dominating, to be honest. The Miami Dolphins are, are right there in the AFC playoff picture. Um, quarterback four on the week, and he's up to quarterback seven in points per game, is what we like to look at. Nineteen point nine six points per game, and then he's up to quarterback eleven on the season. That's despite missing a couple of games with that that horrible, um, horrible looking injury, and the concussion. Whether he should have should have been in there in the first place. Uh, but, yeah, 15 touchdowns just to, to three interceptions. Um, he's really cleaned up a lot of his mistakes from, from last season in 2021. He had 16 total touchdowns um, to 10 interceptions. So he's he's on a much better pace than that this season. Um, but looking at his rushing output, it's completely dried up. There seems to be no rushing from, from Tua right now. So he's taken a little bit of the, that floor away. But then the fact they've added, obviously, Tyreek Hill, one of the best wide receivers in the NFL is certainly negates that and, and more some on top of that. Um, and then just looking back at last year, just to see how how much of a step he's taken, just the one game with 300 yards passing in 2021. I mean, he's really had three this year in just seven games played. So yeah, he's, he's really up there as for me, a dynasty quarterback one right now, or just, just on the fringe. Um, certainly a lot of people are looking at him in in the MVP race and it's hard to argue against it when just going forward for what he's done already this year and then going forward for now and into the next couple of seasons the fact that he's got those two amazing weapons he's currently got a fairly decent tight end as well in in Mike Trisicki. um yeah it's looking it's looking really good for Tua which I'm certainly thankful for for my my take I had him Higher than Joe Burrow coming out, which yes. was looking a bit was looking a bit embarrassing, but but certainly now Tua um hopefully he's passed all the injury concerns that he's had. Um he's not had the best of times with with the bad rib injury coming in and then the the dangerous concussion injury. Um but yeah, d- again, the argument was at the start of the season, how do we rank Waddle and Tyreek Hill in, in Dynasty? Um and I certainly struggled. I had big doubts on whether Tua could support two really good wide receivers, but just look at them right now. Tariq Kill, the wide receiver one in fantasy, and Jalen Waddell, the wide receiver five in fantasy. I mean, that's something that Josh Allen hasn't done right now. This Patrick Mahomes has not got two wide receivers up there. It is it is incredible what two is doing. Um, and it's just great to watch them. It's, it's great to watch that Miami Dolphins offense, just bomb after bomb. You know, Tariq Kill's down there somewhere, yeah, he'll underthrow it slightly, but he'll still get to him, <laughs> still catch it. Uh, but but yeah, it's really good times for, for Tua. Um, and certainly his dynasty rank has taken a massive increase from the start of the season.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's great to see Tua actually performing at what what is near his ceiling. The fact that he's a, a QB1 com, com, um, comfortably. I've got to I admit, mean, I did have some pause whether he could get to that and support to mm. top 12 Dynasty wide receivers. I felt that he could be a QB one, but I didn't feel he could do it by sort of propping up both Hill and Ward. I thought there might be a loser in that, but as we've seen with Devontae Adams it, uh, for the Raiders, it's, it's it's not always about the QB. Elite wide receivers, they can do it with, with a, whoever's at QB and that's no disrespect to her, but he's not Pat Mahomes. Um, he has done amazing. though. like really pleased he was... Your QB1 coming out, my QB1, Matt's QB1. So um, <laughs> it's taken a while, but he's, he's slowly getting there. He's, he's still got a bit of ways to go to catch Herbert and Burrow, but um, he's he's on the right path. He's done fantastic well. The fact that he's had a, a pretty pretty nasty concussion injury and he's he's not lost a beat at all, he's come back, and people have forgotten that he had that concussion injury now just because of how consistent how good he's been. Uh, the past few weeks as well so really pleased for Tua it definitely deserves to be in the top 12 conversation but how high can it can it get in the in the QB1 conversation maybe our little trades will help you decide where we're at on him so trade number one I've got for you it had to be one that included Joe Burrow so uh, <laughs> I've got you Tua and a first or Joe Burrow and a 23 second
1: oh wow um again you've got to start projecting whether 23 first is going to be clearly if it's an early first i'm going to be taking the side it's middle of the road (laughs) well with that then i'm going to be taking the joe burrow side who has solidified himself in my dynasty quarterback rankings um having a great season himself he's got the amazing weapons just like Tua has um that that Bengals offense has got the same firepower, if if not more firepower than the Miami Dolphins offense. Um, I've got no concerns about Burrow going forward. He's he's uh, about five or six spots higher than two in my ranking. So the fact that it's just going to be a round drop that I'm going to give up in value from the first to a second, I'll take that, and and I'll get Joe Burrow as my my quarterback going forward.
0: Very interesting. I'm gonna to go to a bus. Um I've not been always a big Joe Burrow fan, and 23 firsts, it's hard to get me off those. <laughs> um trade two then, gone for guys, similar tier, more or less. Um Tua or Dak Prescott.
1: Yeah, we might disagree on this one as well, to be honest, looking at <laughs> looking at our rankings. But I'm gonna take the Dak Prescott side, and I will say these two are in the same, the same tier as each other. Um, but Dak Prescott, I'm just going to go for what I think is the better court, the overall quarterback. Dak Prescott is still a fairly young quarterback. Uh The offense isn't as good as it as it obviously was. You've got um the running back. This can't think of his name right now.
0: <laughs> Which one? The Cowboys, Zeke? Yeah, Paulie. Yeah,
1: Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott. <laughs> right now, he's obviously getting up there in age. How much longer has he got? Pollard is is on his final season. Um so the offense could it, it could look very different going forward. But I'm just gonna take the guy that I think is the is the better player. Um the guy that I trust, Dak Prescott, who has got that Russian ability as well. Um and then if, if OBJ signs there then, then yeah, it's definitely gonna be interesting.
0: Yeah, I, but I think this one is really tough because Dak, you've got someone that's done it before that's got a rushing upside, which uh, Tua really hasn't shown the rushing upside. He's not been a top five QB before either. So I'm not going to call anyone a scumbag for taking uh, Dallas playing in Dak Prescott. Um, I have got Tua ranked higher in, in my rankings because I, I just feel that we we've not fully seen the ceiling with with what he's done with these two guys, I think they can add more weapons and uh and, and continue to flourish. And plus I'm just a little bit unsure on Dak, like Amari Cooper, he is ama- he's obviously an amazing wide receiver <laughs> because I think um I've just got a little bit of pause on Dak. Just for it might if you ask me in four weeks when he's come back and done it a little bit more after the injury, I might change my mind. But uh, yeah, two of me on that one, and then your last one is Tua or Derek Carr in a twenty-three second.
1: Yeah, this is definitely close in in terms of value wise, but I'll just take the guy you've just mentioned. How impressive Tua has been with them weapons. Um, that chemistry is only going to continue to get to get better. Derek Carr's not impressed me this year, to be honest. Um, he's got Devontae Adams who is hyper targeting. Okay, Darren Waller, who their other big target there, is is pretty much missed most of the season. Um, but I'm just not that impressed with with Derek Carr generally. The future for Derek Carr um, and, and that Raiders team, I mean, they're a bit of a mess right now. The the record, two and seven, I think they are. Um, it's not great. I'll just take two on an exciting offence for a, a playoff team with then two weapons, and I'll take, take the age as well.
0: Yeah, agreed.
1: <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and with that, we'll move on to, to our next player, Kev, and it's someone who's... Teammate of uh of two is
0: yeah, if you're a dolphins fan, you're going to be loving this show because uh, I'm talking about a guy for me for his his flip more than anything. It was it was Tyreek Hill this week, um, wide receiver two on the week, seven catches, 143 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, wide receiver one on the season, which um, moving from Pat Mahomes to any other QB <laughs> and becoming the wide receiver one is is, is pretty wild, but. Small pause, it's wide receiver three in fantasy points per game just behind uh Diggs and Cup who've uh had their bye weeks and Tyreek's got his coming up soon. But terms of yardage for Tyreek he's on pace to smash it. He's got eleven hundred and four already. His best ever with Pat Mahomes was fourteen hundred and seventy nine. So um he's gonna if he doesn't get injured he's gonna he's gonna smash that. Uh, downside is touchdown wise only three uh this season so far he's had seasons of 15 and 12 before which we, we probably shouldn't expect from a less high-flying offense uh, than than the chiefs but um maybe he's due some touchdown aggression maybe, maybe not maybe maybe he does get under thrown balls from tour just kidding um but yeah throughout his career tyreek it's been immense wide receiver one every season that he, he plays uh, a full slate uh, i have to admit i did have concerns Regarding the move from KC to Miami, but that's been put to bed. He leads the league in in targets. He's got 100 targets. He also leads them in 76 receptions. But looking deeper than just the main stats that we all can see, looking at some of the metrics, there's some absolutely sexual metrics out there. It uh, leads the league in A yards, in deep targets, in yards per route round. These are all really, really important metrics that sort of define wide receiver success and exactly how dominant he's been um so yeah he's known as a cheater but i think right now he's tired kills like uh he's a cheater code isn't he really just a cheat code in fantasy (laughs) if you've got him in your lineups you are extremely happy with how he's performing for you 28 years old that could be a little of a of a negative because of the way he wins with his speed that's got to be slowing down in the next couple of years but yeah, I think it's a minor blip. He's got the long term contract. The earliest out is 2026. 20, he's wide receiver five at Keep Trade Cut, which, with it being 28 years old, I didn't think he'd be that high. But then again, there's other guys up there like Cup and Diggs with a similar age or older that are up there. So a little bit higher than my ranking of wide receiver seven. But I just think Tyreek Hill's done amazingly well. I'd expect the chemistry to continue to grow with tour has to it as they go on he's done fantastically to support him as well so really happy if you've got tyreek i don't think it's a short-term play to be holding tyreek i don't think you have to move off him. i think you can stick with him potentially even if you're in a, a small rebuild into next year i think you can still stick around however if you can get wide receiver five value which i'm skeptical he can but if he can there's going to be an opportunity to sell
1: yeah, agreed. I think you've absolutely smashed it. And I know, Kev, you play on a on a sort of two year window in term in terms of dynasty. Um, there's no concerns for me about Tariq Hill. Now from what we've seen, hit it off with Sue straight away. There's no concerns for me what he's going to do in the next two years. It's just as you mentioned, that playing style going forward. His his main uh weapon is his pace. So if he was to lose lose a step, then you lose complete different different wide receiver he, he looks going forward. Um, and yeah, I had the concerns going forward, especially with, with Tua at quarterback, whether he could sustain these two wide receivers. We know Jalen Waddell set the, the rookie record for for targets and receptions last year. Obviously had f- brilliant chemistry with Tua in that, that first season. Um So so how is it going to spread out um with, with Tariq Hill there as well? But I mean, you've just got to follow the money. Tariq Hill was paid a hell of a lot of money. They're, they're going to get him the ball. I mean, he's such a he's such a cheat code. He's amazing on the ball. They get they don't just throw bombs to him; they throw him in the, in the short yardage as well. Um, just use him all over the pitch, and he's done he's done brilliantly for for the Dolphins, and they're rightly where they are in the AFC, half a game away from from the Bills now. So, so yeah, I, I couldn't believe the the stats going from Patrick Mahomes, as you mentioned, to. I mean, in his best season, he averaged 92.4 yards per game, which you'd take for any wide receiver. Yeah. Um, he's now averaging 122.7 yards per game <laughs> in Miami with two... Over oh, 30 yards. <laughs> yeah, over 30 yards more with, with Jalen Waddle playing opposite him as well, who himself is averaging about 90 yards per game. So, yeah, it's incredible where they are. Um, but, yeah, only the three touchdowns. That's the only blip on, on his on his record this season. I expect that to increase a little bit, uh, especially with all the yardage that he's getting. Um, but yeah, he's a wide receiver one, regardless of of the touchdowns. So they're just a bonus anyway. Um, so his, his value wise is certainly interesting. Um, I've always been slightly high, higher on Tua than consensus. Not Tua, sorry, Tyreek. Um, just because I know how amazing he is. He got paid a hell of a lot of money. I didn't think he's going to fall off a cliff. Um, but there certainly was concerns, especially with how he's going to fit into that that offense. But but we'll look at what you think his, his dynasty value is with these trades, Kev. So first trade is is Tyreek Hill and a 23 third, or T. Higgins and a 23 second.
0: Yeah, I've got T Higgins above Tyreek Hill, so I'll take the, the T in the second side on, on that one. Just um I just feel that T Higgins is is he has still got more room to grow. He's he's probably gonna struggle without Jamar Chase, I feel like People are expecting him to become wide receiver one. He might struggle a little bit, but um, but yeah, for dynasty, for long term, I'll take uh, I'll take Higgins upside and the uh, better pick.
1: Yeah, I think, and that's interesting because that's the sort of trade you you could possibly make right now with T Higgins struggling as you mentioned without Chase and Tyreek Hill absolutely flying as wide receiver one. You could probably maybe get a little bit on top of of T Higgins and do that do that trade right now. So second one would be. Tyreek Hill and a 23 second or your guy, AJ Brown? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Tyreek Hill in the second on this one. It's, it's hard to
0: win stage AJ Brown after I was gushing over him last week as my wife was even free <laughs> overall. But I, I think same tier for me as Tyreek Hill. It's sort of after the first two, you've got like maybe three to maybe 10. That's a very similar tier. So yeah, I'll, I'll take that uh, in, in any build really. Um, I'll take Tyreek in the second.
1: All right, so last trade scenario would be Tariq kill or two twenty-three firsts.
0: Yeah, this is this is tough. This
1: is <laughs> tough. Um, I'll just take a punt on the picks. I think. Okay, I like it. I, I guess you you're trading away Tariq at what you say peak value right now, almost especially with his, his age situation. Um, we know how much of a Amazing draft class. This this could work out to be so. Um, they're not really dark throws, are they? You're gonna get. Um, you'd, you'd hope for one of them to be at least a mid round pick. Um, two late picks is is a little bit different. But
0: if you're not a top four team, I think that you should be looking to to sell. Really, like you, mm-hmm. you. Let's say you've got ten teams and you might have like five that are all right and five that aren't. But I'd rather have three that are really, really like gonna have a shot. And maybe make two of those into a rebuilding side with with moves like this. If you're not a top four side, I just feel you, you're you're trying to get lucky, yeah, which yeah, you might do, but it's not a good process in my eyes.
1: Yeah, all right. And talking of talking a good process, we'll, <laughs> we'll go to to Tyreek Hill's old team, and we'll go for a wide receiver that you definitely like for Dynasty, Kev. We're going to talk about Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, and it wasn't looking so great come week, weeks f- one to five, um, just the 257 receiving yards as he integrated into that offence. The wide receiver 50, so um wasn't the best start. Uh, we know he's just got that one-year contract, so there was certainly doubts about how he's fitting in. Um, but from week six, the last three weeks, well, four weeks, but he's played three games because he's had a bye week. Um, 325 yards. And the wide receiver six, it's it's been in a pretty incredible turnaround from from Juju, twenty two point two points per game the last three games that he's played in, um, and he's also the, and more importantly, the clear emerging number two target on that team, um, taken over from from MVS. Obviously, Travis Kelsey's always going to be the number one target. Um, that's not going to change in the next couple of years. But but for someone to come in like Juju, who's been there, who's been a wide receiver one before. Um, it's really encouraging going forward for him to be that number one number two target of of a Patrick Mahomes offense that's thrown at his career high as well. Forty one point four attempts per game he's registering this season, which is third in the NFL. Um, and then at the same time, the Kansas City defense is conceding more points per game than they were in 2021. So Mahomes is having to throw more. There's more opportunities for Juju going forward. And then he's also on pace now for 128 targets, 94 receptions and twelve hundred and thirty seven yards. So so yeah that's that's exactly what you signed up for, Kev. That's why you, you love Juju. Um and then in dynasty wise he's he's just twenty-five years old. He's he turns twenty-six in, in two weeks' time so he's still still a fairly young wide receiver asset. Um are the Chiefs gonna hand him a contract? Well I think if he carries on playing this well, I don't see how they they can't unless he's gonna price himself out of a move but but when you're with a contender You know, why would you want to to price yourself away from that team? Uh, The Chiefs just look at the cap, the the 12th most provisional cap space for 2023. So maybe they've got the room to do it. Um, And then just looking at the Keep Trade Cut, he's wide receiver 37 right now. Um, He's my wide receiver 28. Kev, I'm guessing you're slightly higher than that as well. (laughs) Uh, Just that wide receiver 37. I'm quite surprised because Keep Trade Cut. It, you know, it's not always the best metric to go on. And a lot of the times, if you have a, a big game or two, you shoot up the rankings further than what you should. Um, but once you're 37, is still reasonable value. I think there's a lot more room to grow in that, especially if the Chiefs were to, to hand him a contract for a guy that will be 26 years old, that, that already have a, a possible thousand yard season under his belt on that team. Um, he's going to be a top 24 wide receiver in, in my opinion. So, um, there's certainly room to grow if yeah if he gets that deal in, in KC.
0: Yeah, keep Jake cut absolutely hates
1: Juju. To be honest, like
0: <laughs> they've been so low on it. Well, everyone that's voting's been so low on him. To be honest, like how is he not higher? Like I know I'm a bit ridiculous, and he's in my top twenty. But um, but yeah, I did have my concerns early on this season. Like you mentioned, in the first five weeks, I was thinking, oh, guys, I like like Juju and feeling and. Robinson, uh, they're all they're all stinking, but but Juju's really pulled his act together in the, the last sort of four weeks. Uh, outstanding play. I think the concern is, does he get a contract after this year? That one-year deal, that low amount of money. It is funny that people thought, oh, MVS got more money. He's going to be the, he's going to really into Juju's uh, targets, etc. But no, nah, it's not the case. I think it's. It's one of those where maybe he has done a prove-it deal just to sort of help him longer term um, to get onto a team like the Chiefs and showcase himself rather than sort of chase the money and end up on like a really bad team. Like, like I say, the Bears. Like if he's you, if on the Bears, he's, he's done. Uh, he, always, he deserves to be a wide receiver, 37 to keep trade cut, but I don't think he does on KC. So yeah, I'm a huge fan of Juju. I'm always way above consensus uh, once he gets that deal, which I think he will, hopefully people will come to the centers and get on board and follow me. But we'll see if you follow me on these trades. i we have the first one, Juju and a 23 first, or Debo and a 23 second.
1: This is horrendous because Juju is someone that I'm obviously getting getting higher on the game after game that he puts in these performances. But Debo is someone that I think I ranked in my top six or seven wide receivers preseason. I love Debo. I love the Russian floor that he, he brings. But the fact that they've now got Christian McCaffrey to take a lot of that work away, Debo, is he just going to be a pure wide receiver going forward? Well, who knows? But there's certainly a lot more interchangeable pieces on that 49ers offense. You then throw in Trey Lance next season. Um, Debo's not going to have the same floor or the same ceiling that, he has, that he's had without Christian McCaffrey. So with that, I'm going to take Juju. Who I think is going to be a top 24 wide receiver come the end of the season, and I'll take the first on top. But it, yeah, that'd feel pretty gross right now because I've always been I'm high on Debo.
0: Yeah, I feel that like um, if I'm the Debo owner and this phone to me inbox, it'd be a smash. But I'm not mm. sure you get this deal just right now with him being injured, with him having a buy. So it might be that you have to wait a couple of weeks, see a flash of Debo. Maybe you can pivot from him if. You are concerned, and obviously, if it's to a guy like Juju on the 23rd, lovely stuff. But next trade,
1: we've got Juju or Mike Williams straight up. <laughs> I'm going to take Mike Williams. Um, I'm, I've always been high on my big Mike Williams. Uh, love that. Uh, LA Chargers offense. Um, such a shame because he's in so many of my fantasy teams and he's he's now injured, he's going to be out again for a, the next couple of weeks. So it's been heartache, but I'm going to take Mike Williams. I think he is possibly now the wide receiver one on that team. Um, Keenan Allen's got his own struggles himself. So um, I just want to get Mike Williams back and I'll take him just over Juju. But again, now there's not that many spaces between them.
0: Yeah, it's really close. I actually think both are really similar in terms of the situation, in terms of uh, age. Also, I feel that Juju is a little bit more uh, more risky than Maybe I'll lead on, to believe, just with that one-year deal. If he gets a long-term deal, nah, it's not risky. But for the time being, it is. Last trade then, I think I know the answer, but Juju or Michael Gallup and a 23 second.
1: and you say that, it's close because Michael Gallup, I mean, I don't know what's going on with Michael Gallup. I thought, coming back from the, that injury, that situation, he's going to walk into a smash situation with Dak Prescott as the wide receiver two on that team. We've seen it happen before. And then the 23 second on top is really juicy. But if we're thinking Juju's going to be a top 24 wide receiver with a contract potentially on the Chiefs, I'll take the upside over Michael Gallup and his average play that you're going to get out of him.
0: Yeah, I wasn't going to do a Juju trade and and not set it up that Juju was my answer for them all. So uh, we'll we'll, uh, we'll
1: we'll 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 quickly move on. So I'm not smiling too much. <laughs> we'll move on to someone who uh, yeah might be. Sean, in a, a negative light at the minute, um, someone you might be looking to to pivot off, Kev. We'll, we'll see. Who do you want to talk about?
0: Yeah, it's, it's just in her, but like, in in terms of standing out, it, it wasn't anything major. Uh, it was QB 18 on the week, but just, I guess, the eyeball test, seeing a few of the throws, seeing some of the receiving, his interception was, uh, it just bounced off Josh Palmer's hand into the, the defender's mm-hmm. hand. So um, it was more me just seeing that actually He's still got it, it's just his situation's changed a little bit. Um, QB 12 on the year uh, in actual points of fantasy points per game, so after the lofty expectations that he had as finishing QB 2 last season, people are, are, are rightly worried if you're expecting him to be a top three QB this season again. But remember, we're a dynasty show, we play dynasty, it's not redraft. We don't need to be overreacting and bumping down to a, a low QB one. Obviously the Mike Williams and Keenell injury is massive for him, considering the rest of the receiving core room outside of Eckler and Everett. But also he's got had his own rib injury, which I, I believe is still lingering. He's not rushing at all. Um he's I wouldn't say it's massively affecting his pass play, but just the the rushing upside really is something that he's, he's never been huge numbers wise, but touchdown wise he I think he's had five and three and it doesn't look like he'll Get closer this season. I think you will get your frustrated owners at own Herbert and they're a win now team. Maybe there's a pivot to someone like Joe Burrow, which straight up I don't hate. I have Herbert higher, but they are going to have a similar range of outcomes throughout the career, I feel. So I'm not totally against that, even though I do have Herbert higher. But looking at Herbert's metrics, there's a, a couple that really stand out for me as elite, which is uh, the pass attempts and the pace of play for situation-wise uh, are really good. Also, it leads the league in money throws, which is all about making the, the big clutch throws, uh, really accurate throws in, in tough situations. The flip side, and this is because of the wide receivers not being there, is uh, he's lowing yards per attempt in a yards and red zone efficiency. That's only going to get better when he gets his amazing weapons back. You've got a guy in the, in the red zone like Mike Williams. You've got Keenan Allen, who's such a savvy player. that That's going to obviously help bring those metrics up. But like I touched upon, the, the rush upside is killing him. Uh, he's killing his ceiling. He's had 51 yards on the year so far. It's barely nothing. Uh, he, he, probably Tom Brady had 50, 51 yards like <laughs> last season, probably, because he was doing all sorts of funky slides. So really poor. He has dropped to... QB5 in my rankings. Um below Hurts and Lamar, but I think that's more about Hurts stepping up and Lamar showing he can do it with in a, in a bad situation than than Herbert actually failing. So I, I guess m- my thoughts on Herbert, are if you've got him on a contending team, there is a little bit of worry there, but we are playing dynasty, I think if you're thinking big picture. I'm not concerned at all. I think it will turn it around and it's a great chance to to buy on him if you can.
1: Yep, sum that up perfectly, really. I think you're right to bring up Justin Herbert. We don't always talk about just guys that had a big week. We could just say Dallas got it, had a great week this week. Let's talk about him. But no, we're a dynasty show, so you're right to talk about the situations that arise. Um, I agree. I think he's a great dynasty buy target right now. He's, he's 24 years old. We saw his ceiling last year at QB2 when he had the the weapons fully fit. We know he's not fully healthy. Them them ribs. Are, I think they're still playing him up because of we we're seeing him just not take off at all. Um, he's waiting in the pocket and uh, yeah, he's he's not he's just not playing to how we expect him to play from last season. He's not suddenly going to turn into a bad quarterback. Um, and the fact that he's still being a low quarterback one with with no Keenan Allen, no Mike Williams. I think is it. It's all it says a lot about who he is as a player and and how mature he is as a quarterback as well. And I think just right now, I can't possibly see his value being much lower than they are right now. I think you've got or you've had a window that opened maybe a week or two ago, and it's still open for another couple of weeks till he gets these receivers back. Um, the the Chargers are desperate. He's going to continue to to carry on throwing. I think there's a, there's a great chance to, as you mentioned, pivot off. Um, someone and 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 buy buy Justin Herbert or someone like a tour touring a little bit to to get up and get someone like a Justin Herbert who long term I've got more belief in um, yeah I absolutely love Justin Herbert he's probably probably my favorite player who's who's not a Buccaneers his playing in the NFL <laughs> he absolutely love the guy um, yeah I've already got him in quite a lot of places um, but I'm still looking to to sweep up if there is any dynasty owners out there that are frustrated that are going for it. Um, yeah, even if you've got someone like a Justin Fields who's absolutely on fire right now just to, to trade up and get Justin Herbert is, is something that I would do right now. But we'll see if there's some moves here that you'd do, Kev. Uh, trade scenario one, Justin Herbert and a, and a 23 second or Lamar Jackson?
0: Yeah, I'll, I'll take Herbert and the pick on this one. They're the same tier for me. Um, Lamar has jumped in, but I think, yeah, if we're going purely on tiers, the same tier, so I'll take the, the pick side, please.
1: Yeah, I've still got Herbert one place ahead of Lamar, but as you mentioned, in, in the in the, in the, in the, yeah, the same in the same in the same, we'll move on quickly. Justin Herbert, <laughs> Justin Herbert, or to Sean Watson and a twenty-three second.
0: This is purely an upside, but I'm taking Watson and the second just because I think that mm-hmm. if Watson can get back to what he has been in the past. He's got a higher ceiling than Herbert, so I'll take uh, I'll take that on the pick.
1: Okay, I'll take Herbert, but I thought that was really close in terms of value. It was. Uh, Scenario three, Justin Herbert and a 24 first or Jalen Hurts?
0: You're not a boy with these Eagles, <laughs> wouldn't you? Um, yeah, I'll take Herbert in the pick. I think Herbert and Hurts, again, same tier. Hertz has got more short-term upside uh, and probably week to week and year to year upside if he hits his potential. But yeah, I'll just take the uh, the Herbert and the pick and yeah, just go against
1: the birds. Go <laughs> birds. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think, I don't think it'd feel great to trade away Jalen Hurts right now. Um, obviously, you you wouldn't be a contender if you're you're trading him away right now. But if you were to get Herbert and a first-round pick. For her, so I think that's a that's a great move to make. Fair. Yeah. We'll move on to the final player tonight, and it's it's uh it's gonna be sound a bit of a homer pick. Um, but we're gonna talk about a buccaneers tight end uh with with the clutch play this week. Cade Otten. Um yeah, absolutely love this guy, rookie. Uh first round, first pick of the fourth round this year. Um, and someone that... Tom Brady has shown plenty of trust in, especially in the last few weeks. Um, it was incredible to see that final drive with 40 seconds to go. Um, Tom Brady didn't go to Mike Evans, didn't go to Chris Godwin once. It was all Scotty Miller out to the outside and Cade Dotton for the big play down the middle. And then for the touchdown, it was a, it was a brilliant play and just shows that how far Cade Otton's come um, from the first few games of the season. Uh, Cameron Brake was there. He was living under his shadow. But now Cameron Brake has obviously had the injury, but he's been out for, for quite a while now. Um, and k Dotton has stepped up. And he's, he's really shown to be a reliable hands for the Buccaneers. Um, not fantastic in terms of stats. Nothing's going to jump out. Tight end 22 on the season. Um, and then si- since week four, where his snap percentage went up above 67% per game, which is when Cam Brake went down. He's been the tight end 13. So he's just outside of being a tight end one. We know the tight end landscape is has been pretty trashed this year outside of the top top three or four tight ends. It's it's really looking pretty decimated. Um, you're looking pretty desperate for a tight end and to start each week if you don't have one of them top four or five guys. Um, but he was tight end four this week. Obviously, scored the touchdown. Um, I personally think he is a a viable piece to to start right now in in your your games week to week in redraft and. Certainly, in dynasty, I can see him being the long-term starter for for the Bucks. That they are rumored that I've seen Gronk is potentially eyeing up a return, which I, I mean I can't personally see it, but if he did, that would that would hurt his value short term. But um, we won't talk about the ifs and the buts. It is a it is a bit of a, a mess the the tightened landscape. So K Dot is someone that's not going to cost you a lot right now. I think if you're in a situation where You've got a few picks to hand, um, probably some future picks. I'm happy to throw out a, a pick um, to get someone like on, um who's got the size, the speed. He's shown everything so far, especially in this short window of only about three or four weeks, where he's he's turned into the starter and he's he's sort of producing fairly decent numbers. Um, and I think there's a lot more to come out of him. So, so yeah, um, I'd certainly if I if in Dynasty, you've got to play the value. So, obviously, he's seen a bit of a rise in value. Um, you can possibly, knowing the landscape, you can use that value to to trade off of him if someone is high on him. Um, or if people are still low on him, he's still going under the radar. I think he's a great great target to go after.
0: Yeah, it's funny when, uh, when I was coming to pick the players for this this week's show. And I I kind of <laughs> wanted to speak about k dot, but... Um, I'll let you sort of take the pressure and take it as the as the Bucks fan, and we'd live up to the uh, the home of fandom. But um, I think really stood out to me this week the fact that the game's on the line. I'm not going to say the season's on the line because the NFC South's pretty rubbish, but uh, it was a massive, massive drive and a potentially season-changing um, drive. Uh, and the fact that on the field there was Evans, Godwin, Julio, Funet, Tom Brady um and out of all those guys it was k Dotton that was the clutch play the last play of the game was such so that was a, an eye-opener to me i think you made some fantastic points about start of the season there was um cameron Bray, it was cal rudolph uh, that was meant to be the savior etc uh, and k Dotton sort of worked his way into the lineup he's a rookie tight end which if you look at his snap percentages he's not just playing pass downs he's playing high snap percentages people are wetting themselves over isaiah likely and greg dolcic but k dotton he's doing it in a he's, he's facing more competition to stand out and it really stood out this week to me so i think while likely and Dulcich have done great K. dotton has got to be sneaking up there as well uh, as well as a guy like daniel Bellinger who's been been pretty decent um maybe we'll speak about a couple of those in a minute but um but yeah, K Dotten is a guy. And again, you made a really good point on rebuilding. Let's say you're one of the worst teams in your league. Could you send like say the 301, the 302, and get K on? I'd be pretty confident you, you could you could get that. Maybe even in Titan Premium if people aren't really sharp. Um maybe he's stuck in a taxi or something, I don't know. But um, but yeah, I think I think he's still being a little bit underrated and you haven't got long to to get on him really maybe if Gronk signs that you can go after him then because Gronk's are a great sick lineman at, at this stage i guess or definitely in the short term so trade-wise I'm gonna throw a few at you I think I might know where the answers will go with you being a Bucks fan but we'll go for it anyway dotton and a 23 second or Greg Dolchich
1: yeah this is a good one because Greg Dolchich is the the tight, tight end din- dynasty darling at the minute um, a lot of people are queuing over Greg Dolchich, um, I actually d- didn't realise he was on one of my taxi squads in a in a, <laughs> in a league where I'm contending and I've got two tight ends that are on buys this week so it's brilliant that I can yeah. throw him in there but I'm going to take the K the K.Dotten side and, and the pick I think if you get in a 23 second when there's two tight ends involved that pretty much in a similar tier I'll take the pick all day long
0: Agreed Trade K K.Dotten or Daniel Bellinger
1: yeah, I'll take Otton as well. This side, um, Daniel Bellinger has been has been really impressive as well, coming in as as a rookie. Um, again, there's not too much between them, and um, I know more about K. Otton and what he what he can do to that team going forward. Um, the opportunities are there for K. Otton. I think he's going to continue to see to see more usage going forward. So I'll take that side. Yep,
0: yeah, I'm I'm bored of that. And then the final K. Otton or Jelani Woods and a twenty. Four second.
1: Wow. Uh, <laughs> um, this is really difficult because Jelani was—he's shown flashes, and especially in terms of catching touchdowns in the red zone, he's an absolute monster. Um, but he doesn't impress me, and he's not someone that I like to try and. I'm interested in building the team around, or even rostering him at the minute. Um, but the 24 second—I mean, if you're getting a second for for a a fourth round tight end right now i think that is it's about where the value is um i'll take the pick side because i think i think it being a second i think i'm i'm happy to take a swing on on someone in the second and and have jelani woods and just hope for some, for some upside where i can flip him
0: yeah it was really close for me hence why i picked it <laughs> but um yeah i just think jelani woods was a high rate of prospect in in my rankings for rookies and yeah, there is a little bit of pause after what's been going on at the Colts, but yeah, I'll just take I'll take the two shots rather than the one, even though I do love yeah. K Dalton from this week
1: only. Yeah, and there was a nice video actually of K Dalton on the sideline. He he lost his mum in September, um suddenly, and it was obviously a you know a horrific time for him, and it's affected him. But for him to come back. To secure that first touchdown catch that won the game for the Buccaneers. There was a really nice moment on the sideline where he touched, looked up at the sky um and said that a mum, you know, was there to to witness it and she was with me. So um yeah, it was a great, a great video if you do do check it out. Good. And with that, thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Wildcard and subscribe to us on YouTube by searching Fantasy Wildcard Podcast Network. Um, where you have the Fantastic Rewind show on there as well. Plus, leave us a five-star podcast review if you could. It really helps us gain a a wider reach. Um, And then join us every Tuesday for this podcast and every Wednesday for the stream of the show so you can see our beautiful faces. Um, And with that, thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon.
0: When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.